Hello and welcome to the Southside Church podcast. For more information about Southside Church located in Cape Town, South Africa, visit southsidechurch.co.za. We hope that you enjoy the message. Hello and welcome to the new year. I cannot believe that we're actually more than halfway through the first month of 2020. And our prayer for you at Southside Church is that this year you would know God more, that you would find freedom, that you would live out of knowing your purpose and then make a difference that has eternal significance. It's true to say that at the beginning of every year, we tend to develop resolutions and start implementing our goals. It's kind of like we start, ready, steady, go, and we're off. 2020, here we come. I remember taking off at the starting line of a long-distance race when I was a kid. I was excited and expectant that I would come somewhere in the top three. And so as the gun went off, I ran as fast as I could. I failed to understand that I was actually running a long distance race. From starting with enthusiasm filled with energy, I would end up gasping for air with weak knees, inevitably ending up at the back of the race. And this is a bit like the goals that we often set for the new year. In fact, according to one study, New Year resolutions don't usually last longer than six weeks. And today I want to speak about sustaining your start for 2020. Psychology speaks about one of the reasons for our failure to sustain what we start. And they say it's because we often become victims of something called false hope syndrome. False hope syndrome is characterized by a person's unrealistic expectations about the likely speed, amount, ease and consequences of changing their behavior. Professor John Tower, psychologist who was speaking in an interview around New Year's resolutions, actually said that when we think of the resolutions we have put together for the new year, we need to ask ourselves, what pain am I willing to endure to reach the prize? You see, we often want to construct new goals, but we overlook the cost that's attached. We have this false hope syndrome where we create unrealistic expectations about the ease of changing behavior or habits. And so Professor Tower is saying, don't assume it's easy. You need to acknowledge that there's pain required to reach the prize. In fact, counting the cost is a kingdom principle. And Jesus speaks about it in Luke chapter 14, verse 28 of the New Testament, when he says, So don't follow me without considering what it will cost you. For who would construct a house before first sitting down to estimate the cost to complete it? We need to make peace with the price of winning the prize. But false hope syndrome will often leave us unaware of the painful process toward that prize. And then when we end up experiencing a process we didn't expect, we lose motivation and we stop trying in defeat. But I want to encourage you today that you are not alone. In fact, according to a survey of people who make New Year resolutions, 75% failed on their first attempt. To sustain what we start for 2020, we need to make a decision that we aren't going to give up. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 in the New Testament, it actually says to us, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. 
Thomas Edison said, many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. But it's hard not to give up when we begin to feel the mounting pressure of difficult circumstances, overwhelming emotions, or fierce temptation that increases as the year progresses. So how do we handle this pressure to sustain our start? Researchers did a study on what makes New Year resolutions a success or failure, and they came to some interesting conclusions. Their research found that people who believe that self-control is something dynamic, changing, and unlimited had more success than people who believed they were all born with limited set amounts of self-control that no one could change. This study proves that sustaining what we start begins with the way we think. And God's word says to us in Proverbs 23 verse 7 that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Romans chapter 12, 22 in the New Testament says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. In order to sustain what we have started for the new year will require that we change our thinking. Dr. Caroline Leaf, the well-known Christian psychologist, once said, Until you change your thinking, you will always recycle your experiences. And when it comes to New Year resolutions, many people go year in and year out following the same patterns, recycling the same experiences, struggling with the same habits, blaming everything and everyone other than themselves. But if you want to experience the fulfillment of the new goals you've set for 2020, you need to change the way you think of yourself in the context of the price you need to pay to take hold of the prize. You see, when it comes to the cost of reaching your goals, the price to reaching the prize that you're working for, a victim will always see the price as spending something, while a victor will see the price as investing in something. So if you've been thinking of yourself as a victim to your circumstances, maybe you've been saying something like, I just don't have what it takes to follow through with this goal, then reshape your thinking based on God's word from 2 Peter 1 verse 3 that says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. God's given us what we need to succeed. Or maybe you've been thinking, I just don't have enough self-control to stop or start this new habit. You need to reframe your thinking and you can take it from God's word in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 that says, For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love and self-control. Your self-control is fueled by God's spirit, not your own strength. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you're able to sustain your start for 2020 because it doesn't all rely on your resources and strength, but on God's provision and power. Even though this is the truth, I so often find myself falling into the trap of striving to resource my own breakthroughs and fighting in my own strength. And this starts whenever I feel under pressure, like I need to take back control, when I feel like things are getting worse and not better. The problem with this is that when I strive in my own strength, 
I don't access God's power and provision that's made available to me as a follower of Jesus. Yet when I live out of his kingdom principles instead of the pressure exerted on me by my feelings, culture, or circumstances, I then do allow myself to experience his power and provision to sustain what I've started. In the Old Testament, there's a moment of history recorded in the book of Samuel, where Samuel the prophet told Saul, the king over God's people Israel, that he was to go to a place called Gilgal and prepare for battle against the Philistines, which were the enemy. Now, during this time, a prophet like Samuel was representing God's voice to the people. It was the word of God. And what Samuel said to Saul as he prepared for battle was that he was to wait for seven days while Samuel went away, and only back on Samuel's arrival was he to engage in warfare. Once Samuel, as a prophet, had made an offering to God, seeking the Lord's favor in the battle that they were facing. So Saul was given a word from God to wait. And he was in a situation where even though by principle he had God's word to hold to, he fell under the pressure of the circumstances around him. And we read of this in 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 5 to 13. It says the Philistines, they were the enemy, mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grains of sand on the seashore. They camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in. And because they were hard pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Samuel didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offerings himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet him and welcome him. But Samuel said, what is this that you've done? Saul replied, I, I saw my men scattering from me and you didn't arrive when you said you would. And, and, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, the Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal. And I haven't even asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering myself before you came. Do you see how the pressure of the circumstances and situation around Saul compelled him to do something outside of the principle of what God had told him? And then we read, it says, how foolish, Samuel exclaimed, you have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it? The Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Had you kept it, maybe you've made a New Year's resolution that you were going to break a bad habit. Had you kept it, what kind of breakthrough may have lay ahead of you? Had you kept pushing through with your early morning routine getting into the gym? Had you kept faithful to the promise you had made to keep your business running with integrity? 
Had you kept the commitment to reading God's word every morning before doing anything else? What is it that may lie ahead of you in keeping the commitment to the resolutions you've started for 2020? Because as Galatians 6 verse 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. Because at the right time, we will then reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, if Saul had chosen to live by the principle of God's word through the prophet Samuel, he wouldn't have given in to the pressure and lost the resolution of victory in the war that he had started with. So often we try to take control, strive in our own strength when we find ourselves under pressure and we replace living out of principle by living under the pressure of the situations we face. Dr. Sam Chand in his book Leadership Pain defines accurate limits of our control when he writes that you can only control your thoughts, choices and priorities. This year, you can choose to live by God's kingdom principles instead of the pressure around you by bringing your thoughts and priorities into alignment with God's word, with God's will, accessing his provision and power to sustain what you started. But doing this requires discipline. Now, if you're anything like me, growing up, the word discipline seems to be associated with the cane in the principal's office. But the word discipline is actually derived from the same root as disciple, a follower. Jesus' first command to the early disciples was, follow me. Before you are transformed, before you make anything of yourself, follow me and my way. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 in the New Testament tells us to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to us as well. All the goals we desire to complete will come to pass with God's provision and power if we first seek his will. And we seek the will of God by following Jesus and living by his kingdom principles. A follower of Jesus is a disciple, someone who therefore operates within disciplines. And the power of disciplines allow us to accomplish what our good God has for us. Jim Ron said, discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Therefore, disciplines aren't sets of religious rules that make me right for heaven, but guardrails to personal growth in a relationship with a good God who wants me to accomplish my purpose. Disciplines equip and empower me to live by principle and not by pressure, accessing God's provision and power to sustain what I've started for the new year. I recently read a post on social media that said a diamond is just a lump of coal that did well under pressure. What diamonds may God want to produce in your life in 2020 if you persevered under pressure instead of giving in or giving up because you had chosen to live by principle? 
James chapter 1, verse 2 to 6 in the New Testament speaks into this principle when it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Think about the New Year resolutions, the things you've started that you want to complete. And you can ask yourself the question, what practical disciplines are required for me to sustain what I've started? Wayne Cadero said there are two pains in life, the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. You choose. Now, no one said that choosing disciplines that will allow you to live by principle is easy. In fact, we will fall into the false hope syndrome if we're not careful. We must always keep in mind that God rewards disciplines pursued, not necessarily perfected. In fact, Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, expressed his own struggle with perfecting disciplines as a follower of Jesus when he wrote in Romans chapter 7, verse 15 to 20. I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. There will be many moments on your journey where you fail to follow through with your disciplines, where you become frustrated by the opposing state of your actions and intentions. But the key is to not give up. In fact, when we fail to follow through with our disciplines, it's an opportunity to embrace and discover the depths of God's grace. Because Proverbs 24 verses 16 says, The lovers of God may suffer adversity and stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise over and over again. This is possible because God's mercies begin afresh each morning. Through Jesus, we have forgiveness of sins, past, present, and future. And every day, God's mercy allows us to get up and start again, even after we've stumbled. You see, part of our testimony is that in our everyday human failure and sin, we have a Savior who allows us to rise over and over again. Yet the problem is that Jesus went more willingly to the cross than we do to the throne of grace. Often when we give up on something we've been trusting God for, we're replacing the testimony of God's grace with our own disgrace. And it reminds me again of Galatians 6 verse 9, that we are not to become weary in doing good. Even when we fail many times, because we have Christ in our lives, we can rise again. And then at the proper time, if we will remain Faithful to the pursuit of the disciplines, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. As I land today, I want to remind us that the completion of all we need by principle begins with seeking God's kingdom, following Jesus first, as a disciple. But often we seek God's favor in fulfilling resolutions and goals that build our own kingdoms first. And the problem with this is that Everything driving our lives externally is determined by our internal spiritual condition. So if following Jesus was my first priority for 2020, how may my New Year's resolutions be reprioritized? And with that in mind, I want to leave you with one last question. 
What practical disciplines are required for you to sustain what you've started for 2020? I pray that you would not become weary in doing good, that you would not give up, and that in 2020 you would share the testimony of reaping a harvest as you have trusted God, knowing that he gives you everything you need to succeed and a spirit of power, love, and self-control.